You know those moments where you think, I wish I would have learned this in school? Those are the topics that we love to talk about. Join me each week as I interview experts sharing their strategies for solving problems that us young adults will face throughout our 20s and 30s. So what are you waiting for? And if you want new episodes about adulting advice every Monday, hit that follow button. All right, guys, we made it. It's 2023. Super excited. I always love the start of the new year. Of course, this gives us a fresh start to the year, a time to stop and reflect on and reset priorities. And you could probably only imagine, but I am a huge goal setter. I love setting goals every single year, but we both know that that's the easier half of the equation. It's one thing to say that you're going to accomplish something. It's another to actually go out and accomplish something. So that's what I want to talk about today. And I really want to give you guys some inspiration and instruction on how you can go out and achieve those goals that you set for your new year. You might be listening to this real time, first or second week of January. Maybe you're catching us near the end of January here. Things are feeling flat for you. The lust of some of these goals are starting to wear off. Let's reignite some of that. And no better person to do that than my good friend, David Ward. This guy really impresses me, man. I met him last year, actually through FinCon, the personal finance conference that I attended to. And right away, he was somebody that I connected with and was super interested in. I did not know the entire journey that he went on. He actually was overweight, close to 300 pounds, extraordinarily unhealthy lifestyle that he was living. And he literally decided to take the right steps in the right direction by changing his whole life and his whole lifestyle He found running a passion of mine as well. First, it started with two miles a day, which might even seem overwhelming to some of you guys. But now he has gone off the deep end and joined the Endurance Athlete Club after he finished his first 50K in November. He can now call himself an ultra marathoner. David Ward, man, what is going on? Yeah, it's still weird to hear that, you know, (laughs) with my name and ultra marathoner behind it. I never thought that would happen. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you inviting me. This is going to be fun. Yeah, no doubt. And I, it is unbelievable. I met you, of course, during the end of your, your kind of transformation stage here. And you're a fit, really healthy dude. You and I have gone on a run together and you were neck and neck with me that entire time. I'd love to hit a long run with you one of these days here. But, you know, going on your blog, which is runnersfi.com, you have your transformation picture up there. Holy cow, night and day difference, man. Where you were and where you're coming from. Did you make that decision that you really wanted to transform your life and then just go and get it done? Or were you that person that promised yourself that you were going to get in shape only to disappoint yourself time after time after time? Yeah, it's funny, man. So when I started, you mentioned it, it was like, I'm going to run two miles five days a week. Like that was my whole goal. And I just thought I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. That'll get me trending in the right direction. I don't really know where I'm headed, but I know that's a, a good step towards where I want to be. And then it kind of grew to the point where you run the two, and let me back up, because it wasn't, I'm going to go run two miles very smoothly and effortlessly, and I'm going to feel great at the end. It was like, I'm going to I'm gonna slog through a half a mile, and then I'm going to stop, and I'm going to huff and puff and act like I'm, you know, feel like I'm going to die. And then I'm going to walk for a little while, and then I'm going to do another quarter mile. And it's just kind of progressed from there. Every day, maybe the half mile got a little longer. Maybe I was running 0.6 miles or three quarters of a mile until it progressed to where I was running the full two miles. And then it got to the point where, well, two miles doesn't feel terrible. Maybe I can go 
two and a half miles. Maybe I can run to the end of the road and back. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. Of you kind of mentally reset. Well, I've hit that goal and that didn't kill me. So what can I do next? And then honestly, that was the trajectory of getting to running 30 miles. Like it wasn't, it wasn't, I'm going to run two miles because my goal is to run 30 miles one day. It was one step at a time, getting to the point where mentally I could process being able to run 30 miles. It's impressive that you made that decision to even start the process. I think two miles does probably seem super overwhelming to people, but backing it up, you just got to pick something that is accessible to you right now. And as through your journey, you can see, you can stack. Like you can always continue to improve and progress. I mean, nobody just like, I'm at fault of this too. Setting this like super high ambitious goal, not really allowing myself a on-ramp onto that goal. Just going headfirst into it and just being like, yep, I want to get this major goal done right away. And sometimes that works well for, for people, honestly. Someone like myself that has been goal setting for a long time, I can set some realistic expectations with myself and I can have a goal out there that is a very ambitious goal knowing, but more times than not, especially things that I know are going to be a grind and are going to take some time, it's worth taking a step back and really setting just this minimum threshold that you want to start with. It might just be 10 minutes of walking every day. Yeah, that's the key, right? It's just find something that you know is probably a little bit outside of your super comfort zone, right? You don't want to go out there and just come back and feel rosy. Like you want it to feel like you've actually exerted some effort because I think that's where it keeps bringing you back, right? It's that feeling of accomplishment of, man, I did that yesterday and I can, I can keep going in the right direction. So you want to pick something that seems, I don't want to call it unattainable, but it's not something that's just a simple checkbox and, and come back and do it the next day. I don't think you get the kind of growth that you're capable of when you do that. But I'm glad you mentioned kind of setting that shoot for the stars goal because that was a story of my life, right? It was my life really since high school has been yo-yoing and being being in shape, right? So I would go up towards 300 and then I'd, I'd get some kind of hardcore goal in mind and then maybe I'd drop down to 250 or 225 or something like that. I'd get tired of that or the lifestyle that I set up wasn't something that was sustainable. So you drop back into, you know, you kind of look around, you're like, well, this kind of sucks. Like I'm kind of like being fat better than this, you know? So you go back to the old lifestyle. You, you go back to eating burgers and drinking a bunch of beer. And then you get to the point where you're like, well, I remember why I didn't like this. Like this kind of sucks too. And so you set some kind of crazy goal and you go for that. And that was my life for 10 or 15 years. And then finally I got to the point where I'm like, let me just do something that I know I can do. That's where the two miles came in. Like I know I can do this for the long term, and I'll just stick to this. I know I will. And that's where the results came, which had happened before. But the feeling that I could stick to it for the long term is what has really changed my life. Yeah, so you wrote this, this post on your blog that I really liked, and it was kind of the concept for this conversation. You wrote the title of the post was, Are You Setting Goals or Are You Developing Systems? And I think that feels like the crux to this conversation today. Yes, of course, it is good to goal set. And it is good to call out what you want to accomplish. But more so than not, Usually, if you think about that goal, there's some kind of underlying baseline that you would love to maintain over your life. Nobody wants to lose 50 pounds and then they're done with the goal and then it doesn't really matter where their weight goes from there. It's lose 50 pounds and maintain that healthy lifestyle moving forward. So that's what it sounds like you did with systems. So tell me a little bit about 
how systems are really the most important aspect of goal setting. Yeah, and I reference, if you go through and read some of my blog posts, you'll probably find reference to Atomic Habits. So good, so good, man. 10 plus times yeah, by James Clear. And that's that's where I got a lot. Not that I, it's not like I read this book and I'm like, I'm going to implement that into my life. But it's almost like I kind of backhanded into, into implementing some of this stuff and then found out like, oh, that's what he was talking about. It's not like it was this like grand light bulb on moment where I'm like, I'm going to start doing this. It was like, I kind of started doing it and I was like, oh, that's what he meant by that. Yeah. So tracking, right? You can't manage what you can't measure, right? So if you're not tracking whatever kind of system you're setting up. So for me, it was running, right? So I had Nike Run Club app. I think it's called the Nike Run Plus app now. Mm-hmm. That's what I've used kind of from the beginning. And then since then, I've got a, a Coros watch that I use now. The whole point in that is literally just to track kind of how far I ran, what my time was, heart rate measurements, stuff that I could go and look at trends. So over the years, can I see, am I trending in the right direction or is there something, is it not changing and maybe I need to kind of reassess what I'm doing? And that's where I also downloaded a, a training program. So it literally tells me what to do every day so it takes the mental fatigue or the hurdle of having to, man, I got to think about what I'm going to do today and I don't really want to do that. So maybe I'll just skip today. No, I've got literally something that, that messages me saying, hey, you've got to go out and do this today. And it's almost like it gives you, I'm a list maker, right? So I like checking stuff off the list, right? It's something that, that it's like an inch on a scrunch. So if that's on my list, I got to check it off. So that's another thing where I'm setting myself up for success and I'm, I'm kind of removing as many hurdles as I can so that I know I've got the best chance possible to get out the door every day. The other thing that I love that James Clear puts out there, focus on the first two minutes of the task. Don't think about, I got to go run two miles a day. Think about, I've got to put my running clothes and my running shoes on. I'll figure out the next step from there. And I guarantee you, nine times out of 10, once you put the clothes on, you're going to step out the door. Once you step out the door, you're going to take off down the road. And once you get started, you're going to finish, right? You're going to go do what you set out to do. So it's instead of looking at this broad, what's the word? It's like daunting, right? Instead of looking at the whole goal in, in one scope, break it down into tiny pieces and attack those tiny pieces one after the other. And that's, that's what worked for me the best. I still do that today, right? We've talked about it with the ultra marathon. It wasn't like, man, I got to go run 30 miles. It was like, okay, I got to get this first mile out of the way. And then I got to get this first lap out of the way. And then you just take it in chunks and you just keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With ultras, it's definitely small milestones stacked on top of each other over and over and over again. Definitely by the end of my race, it was literally, I need to make it up this hill. And now I'm going to go make it down that hill or I'm going to turn that corner. It, it went from a lap to a mile, to a hill or a turn at one point in time. Yep. It might have even been a step. It might have just been yeah, like... Let's get this next step in. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Yeah, man. It, you're not a Strava guy either? Oh, I do have Strava. So Koros talks to Strava. Oh, so gotcha. It, like pulls the Koros data into Strava. And I'm glad you mentioned that because Strava helps from the community aspect. Yeah. Like there's people across the world that I have no idea who they are. Like I've never met them in person, but they'll like my runs. I'll like their runs. We'll comment on each other's like, hey, great job today. You know, you kind of get a sense of of community in there. And that that helps too. Like, what's the word you would use to like if you were dressing a certain type of way because you wanted to impress people? It's almost like it gets to that with your runs, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, man, I gotta keep pushing because my Strava friends are gonna see this. I don't <laughs> want them to see a slower mile pace today. You know what I mean? 
especially I'll, I'll go back to the ultra, right? There's times in the ultra where it was super lonely and it was super tough to keep the, the eye on the prize because you're hurting. You've never run that far before. You don't really know why in the heck you're doing it. And you, you get to a point where you're using anything and everything to motivate yourself. So it's like, man, I got to finish 30 miles because I told everybody I was going to. Yeah. If I drop out now, that's going to be embarrassing. Right to a smaller scale, that's kind of what Strava adds. It's a little bit of a of an extra push, maybe when you wouldn't have wouldn't have had that behind you. I would agree with that. External motivation always helps drive me along. But at the end of the day, you have to have internal motivation. And you mentioned that you really got to focus on a why. This is kind of the missing part. And I I know this is kind of fluffy. This is the the fluffy part of goal setting and getting things accomplished. But it is an important aspect to it all as well. You're gonna wake up. It might be the third week of January right now. Maybe it might be the third day of your whole training and you're going to be losing motivation. You're going to get bored. You're going to feel overwhelmed with the goal that you set. You're going to realize all the hard work that goes into accomplishing what you set out. There are things that we can talk about. At some point in time, if it seems so overwhelming, we might need to rethink the goal. I've done that multiple times where I've, if I set a goal, I like to give it the first 30 days, like January. Like I committed to this. This is what I said. Justin, you've done this plenty of times now. If you thought, you know, on December 30th, when I'm probably gonna like be writing down my actual specific goals, at that point in time, you thought you were capable of doing this. Do this for 30 days and then we can reevaluate in February. And I might reevaluate and realize I'm in over my head. I set too many goals. That that is probably one of my my biggest failures more times than not with goal setting is like I have like 20 goals. I don't have like one or two goals that I really want to set out for. But oftentimes too. I thought I could do more than what I really expected. Now that not only this one goal, but these five or six goals, all the little habits that have to happen throughout this time. Okay, so maybe I scale one of those back. But putting that aside and knowing that it's not scaling it back, it's truly just the motivation. You're just losing motivation. And rather than focusing on dropping the weight and creating a healthier lifestyle, God damn, that cheeseburger and, and beer sounds way better today. I don't want to wake up. Right now, it's super dark in the morning too. I wake up at 6 a.m., and the run is usually the very first thing that I do. And I'm currently working on doing a challenge where I want to run two miles, a minimum two miles every single day for a year straight. And I'm on, I don't know, 250 or 60 right now. I'm not exactly sure. I started February 14th. So if you're listening to this after February 14th, feel free to check in with me and, and see if I've got this accomplished. I will accomplish this goal unless the only thing that will put me out is if I get hurt. So I am very very attuned to making sure that I'm doing a lot of preventative injury maintenance right now. Even though I'm pacing my buddy Mason for his ultra marathon in December, I'm a little worried about that. I'm not in like long distance <laughs> shape right now. And I'm guessing I'm going to get overly excited and probably put out 25 or 30 miles with him, especially if he needs me at the tail end of the race. I'm excited for that, but I will, I will get those two miles done the next day, the following day. If it if it means I have to just limp through this entire this entire day. Yep. Yeah, for real, for real. But anyway, I am deviating from, from where I'm headed with this question. We're getting back to losing motivation and really forming a why. Can we talk about your why and kind of where you pulled deep? I know that a lot of this stemmed from your father's health and then eventually you becoming a father. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, and, and those perfectly tie together, just like you just said. So when I started this, it was actually January of 2020. So coming up on three years and it was January 26th was the first day when I called my running journey, right? That's the day I decided it was a Sunday. I said, I'm going to start doing this today. I was looking around. I had a four month old daughter. It was our first daughter. And I had a dad who had been through 
10, 12, I mean, really probably 30 years of health issues, but 10 to 12, where it was pretty debilitating, where he had diabetes, he had congestive heart failure. He had a lot of stuff going on that he was walking with a walker and, and it was all kind of driven by choices that he made to not be healthy, right? He, he loved food. He loved, and I'm not saying he didn't live a happy life. I'm just saying at the end of it, he probably would have looked back and said, man, I'd love to be here for a little longer. I wish I would have made a few different choices. You know, I, I kind of felt like shame on me if I end up in that exact same position, which is where I was headed. On one hand, I could look at my daughter and say, I don't want her to feel like I felt looking at my dad, like from the other side of the lens, like, man, I'm, I wish I had you for long, right? I wish you could hang out and see my daughter grow up and kind of see, see her figure things out like you, like you watch me trying to figure things out. So anytime that it got hard or anytime that, that I didn't feel like walking out the door, that was the foundation that I'd laid of here's why you're doing this. Here's why you're stepping out the door every day. Do you want to let yourself down? And more importantly, do you want to let your daughter down in 20 or 30 years when she wants another 10 years from, from you and you can't give it to her because you made the decision today, right? Mm, mm. Yeah, there's nothing more motivating than that. I couldn't imagine being a father and, and uh, the responsibility that you take on too. My girlfriend's dad used to dip and he changed on a dime one day because Gabby, this I don't know, four or five-year-old daughter said, are you going to quit dipping? I want to have my dad around. And wow. that, that was like the sword through his chest to be like, yep, I'm done with this entirely. What a strong motivation. But I think, I think you could probably find this in many different things right now. Honestly, for many, many years, I had started business on my New Year's resolutions. And that's grown and developed. And this year alone, I changed it talking about taking that back a step, starting a business felt like a really overwhelming goal. And maybe that's why I never really got started on it. The other reason too, might've just been the lack of motivation. Like you said, I want to be healthier is probably not a strong driving motivation. And I wanted to be a business owner probably wasn't a really strong driving motivation for me either. This year I, I backed it back and I said, I wanted to make $1 on my own. That was my goal for this year. I want to make $1 on my own saying the W2 income that I have doesn't count. If you sell one thing on your own and make $1, then we have accomplished that goal. And of course, yeah. that's, that snowballed into me launching a podcast editing business with my little brother. And now I'm continued to be motivated and to grow that business because what I'm really focusing on that is being able to self-employ my little brother. Next year, I don't want him to have to end his self-made sabbatical and go back and get a W-2 job, unless that's what he wants. If he wants to do that, cool. I'm in full support of that. But I continuously remind myself day after day after day, I want to do this because I want to see my little brother be self-employed and say that he's a business owner. That's really exciting and driving for me. And now that it's, it's bigger than just myself and this egocentric aspect of you know, wanting to be a business owner, it's making sure my brother can have a lifestyle that supports him and do exactly what he wants to do with that. That's awesome. It's a really cool goal as well. And I think it also speaks to like, I think if you can find something just outside of yourself, like is there something that you can... Like your brother's not sitting there depending on you for Correct. Uh, this goal to, to be reached, but it probably intrinsically, that's how you treat it, right? Like that's, this is my goal. This is what I want to happen. And regardless of if he, you know, necessarily needs that in his life, that's almost how you're looking at it. That's, that's how I was looking at it. Like there's a, there's a chance that I could have ended up living the way I was living. He lived a very happy and very long life, you know, with medical advancements and the way things are happening technologically in the healthcare system. There's a chance that 
and I will live just as long. And there's a chance I can keel over on a run to work, right? But if I looked at it like, this is what I have to do to control my own destiny, in a sense, right? Control the things I can control. And the other side of it is the expectation side. So I didn't go out there saying, I'm going to run an ultra marathon one day. It was, I just want to get a little bit healthier. That's all I want to do is build some kind of foundation that I can get a little bit healthier on. It's kind of the same thing you did, right? I just want to make $1. And it goes back to the, just get started, right? That's the toughest step for The people. hardest part. It was, the toughest, it was the toughest step for me. I can tell you how many days I was sitting there before January 26, 2020, thinking, man, I need to do something. And I probably thought about, I'm going to go out and run two miles. And then you start running through the scenario in your head, like, oh man, they got like two miles. Sounds like it's going to freaking suck. And there's hills in the neighborhood and I'm not prepared to run hills. Maybe I should try to find a flat track that I can run before I go off and try to run. No, just go get started. Okay, set up the goal for two miles. Go out there. You run a couple of hills. It sucks. You only get a mile in. Come back. You got a mile. You know what I mean? It was either you sat there and you thought yourself out of doing anything or you took action and you went and ran a damn mile. You know? Yeah. Mm. I couldn't agree more, man. This has been an awesome conversation, David. It's been awesome getting to know you over the last couple of months. Really inspired by your transformation, your journey. I cannot believe you were almost 300 pounds two years ago and you just completed an ultra marathon. You are super impressive. Tell people, you got a blog out there where you talk a lot about your journey, your transformation. Can you tell the listeners where they can connect with you, where they can start reading some of your material? Yep. So it's, it's just like you said, runnersfi.com. It's runners high is how I say it. So it's like play off a of runner's high. So if you forget it, just remember runner's high, runner's five. And the whole goal with the blog is to kind of share my, I'll call it a fitness journey, but my transformation into being a runner, quote unquote, and some of the lessons I've learned from the financial side. So I know you've had some, some really cool guests on the podcast before. Justin Kramer was a recent one that sticks out that they kind of talk about that financial independence mentality or the, the set it and forget it investment mentality. And that's some of the stuff I talk about on the finance side too. Certainly not as in-depth as Jesse. So if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to the episode with Jesse Kramer, please go listen to that. That guy has a lot, a ton of great stuff. And then maybe if you want to read some stuff about some dumb jocks, you know, trudging <laughs> down the road, come check out my blog and I'd be happy to, happy to have you. We also have a Facebook group. So my goal with that is just to get kind of a community built around this thing of people who can support each other and push each other through the tough days, right? Because it's not always, it's still not always easy. I'm very comfortable going out and running, you know, four or five miles now. And it's the first step out the door is still the hardest. So that, that never goes away. But if you find yourself needing a push, come check out the blog. Come check out our Facebook group. It's Runners Five is a group's name. And we'd love to have you. Yeah. And I know you won't speak highly about your blog, but it's enjoyable. I like reading it. It's two of my favorite topics, financial independence and running. I could not <laughs> dream of a better kind of blog. So David Ward, it was awesome. I really loved this conversation. We dove into, of course, your transformation, but really how it applies to the listeners in the sense of it's not only about goal setting, but making accomplishments. And how you do that is first create some systems ahead of time. And then as you're continuing to evolve with your goal, continue to evolve your system so that things get easier and easier and easier. And then the big thing too, anchor it to a why. Your why I think will and can develop over time as well. It is totally fine if it is a little bit arbitrary to start with, and then it gets a little bit more defined and defined over time. But having an anchor why for those hard days, whenever you don't want to go and do the thing that you need to do in order to accomplish your goals is a really important aspect. David, it's been a pleasure, man. 
many, many conversations to come in the future, probably off mic, but of course, if you ever have anything to share with the audience, feel free to, to come back on The Struggle is Real. Really enjoyed getting to know you and, and thanks for the time today. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I, I love what you're doing with the podcast, so keep it up. Thanks for tuning into the episode. Here's what you can expect next on The Struggle is Real. The number one way of all the studies out there to combat inflation is to raise short-term interest rates. And to give you the reason why, if short-term interest rates are really good, you leave your money in the bank and you get good interest out of it. You don't go and spend a whole bunch of money. And spending a whole bunch of money is the way that inflation grows because there's just so much money moving around and there's usually kind of the same amount of things out there. Well, more money, same amount of things means those things cost more. That's inflation. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you like this conversation today, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified about new episodes. I'm your host, Justin Peters. Thanks for tuning in.